Welcome to Your Life and Money, where we believe that financial planning is not just about numbers, it's about your life. I'm Brad Smith, joined always by Tim Barodi, and each episode we'll be sharing stories from real people who have used life-centered planning to achieve their goals and dreams. At Advice First, we believe that the key to financial success is aligning your money with your values and your priorities. And we're here to help you do just that. So sit back, relax, and let's get started on the journey to a life-centered plan. Well, hello, Brad, and welcome back into the office after uh, a week of much-deserved vacation and holidays. And uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. And that. being sick, I guess. So, I mean, I guess it wasn't all nice and relaxing, but hopefully you're feeling better and your voice holds up while we're we'll recording see. today. I like that uh, preempt, just uh, in case the voice goes for a bit here. Uh, um, yes, yeah, feeling better, but it might crack once or twice. Yeah, that's no problem. We know you're not going through puberty at this point. so <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, so today I wanted to, to take a couple of minutes. Um, there's a, there's, I, I've been thinking a lot recently about our tagline, and it's in our boardroom and clients see it. Yeah. And we've talked about it in other episodes is because life is not a rehearsal. And the reason it's been kind of top of mind or, or at the forefront recently is we've had a number of clients pass away just in the last couple of weeks, even here. Um, and on a personal note, like just found out that my grandfather also passed away, like as, a, as we're recording this just last week. So it's been kind of one of those issues that unfortunately it seems to come all at once sometimes and and one of those things that we've been thinking about and kind of relating it back to this idea that we're, we're trying to get across of of return on life right and right. trying to live your best life possible because life is not a rehearsal so yeah it's just been in top of mind and again i i know i kind of sprung this topic on you just uh just today prior to us recording but yeah i mean from from your point of view or or again kind of what we've been going through with some clients and whatnot like what are what are your thoughts as we kind of kick off today's discussion or or time to share it's one of those topics that um, is, is hard for a lot of people to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, people are very much, very much personal on on preparing for the end. They don't want to think about it. Right. Right. It's kind of that I'll get to it sort of thing. Um, but sometimes these things can really sneak up on you really quick, mm-hmm. a lot faster than you think. And so we want to, you know, not only is life not a rehearsal, but at the same time. We also want to finish well, mm-hmm. and we just don't know when that's going to be. And so, you know, we could live to we're 101, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you've experienced that in your family. Um, or, you know, we could get a, a diagnosis this week, and that says you've got, you know, only a few weeks left left in life, which is exactly what happened with one of our clients mm-hmm. earlier this year. So you just don't know. You don't want to keep putting things off. Right. And you want to finish well. And you want to get the best life you can now. Mm-hmm. And, when, and if you extend that out a bit more with the time and the money you've got left, that's really what it kind of comes down to. Right. So how do you make best decisions in order to get the best life now, but be prepared for the future and finish well? Mm-hmm. And that's where people really struggle because you get a lot of 
conflicting ideas and I, you know, thoughts around that. And and we've seen all the polls. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, only roughly fifty percent of Canadians have a will, and the last uh, I think the last survey I saw earlier this year was Angus Reid, and and um, I think it's fifty four percent of Canadians don't have a will, and it's even less and less the younger you go, and uh, that's not finishing well. And we want to make sure we finish well. What does that mean? Yeah, for sure. And and again on the on the personal side. I, I can tell you that when my grandfather passed, there was no will. And so, again, it creates a lot of, in, in what's already a, an emotional and a stressful time for the surviving relatives, and, uh, and that it just adds that added layer of complexity and unknown, right? Um, because, okay, where, where are things? And, and what are we supposed to do with different like things that he had and what were his wishes? And, and again, the unfortunate case or complication in this scenario as well is that he was also suffering from dementia for the last number of months or, um, I mean, again, it had been progressing and progressing. So it's hard for the executor to know like what were his wishes and, um, and how would he have liked things to, to finish, right? And, and again, it's, it's that not finishing well scenario that we never want to see, but inevitably comes up much too often. And, and it, it also brings to light that idea of your traditional kind of estate planning, right? Getting a will in place, your powers of attorney, that sort of thing. Um, but where we tend to focus on it is more a, a more holistic approach, if you want to if you want to think about it like that. And, and what we call the wealth transfer kind of process or wealth transfer plan. And and it doesn't mean you have to have an immense amount of wealth for this to be applicable to you. Um, but it's really more about, as you said, being prepared and having the discussions and, and doing these steps um, estate, the estate kind of traditional estate planning is part of that process. Um, but, but it's such a bigger conversation and, and topic that, yeah, we, we need to broach and you need to not be afraid to have and, and as uncomfortable as it might be. Right? Right. The wealth transfer process is much more intentional. Right. Um, because what I have found over the years working with clients and we want to, you know, get started on a, an estate plan. You know, the the inevitable is, well, we call the lawyer. Right. And then we have a meeting with the lawyer. And to be quite honest, every meeting basically goes the same way. Um, they're not, they're not um, individualized. Right, right. They're just kind of cut and paste sort of meetings. And it's no offense against the lawyers. It's just they're busy and... And they're just trying to complete a document for you so they don't put a lot of extra effort into or specialization into it for mm-hmm. people in, in those particular situations. But the typical conversation goes, all right, Mr. and Mrs. Client, uh, you know, when you pass away, what would you like to have happen? And and then inevitably their their response is, well, I don't know, uh, what what do other people do? And, and The then, classic response. Yeah, what does exactly, everybody else do? Exactly, right? right? 
which, you know, if, if we just touch on the wealth transfer, it is very personalized. It is what you want to do mm-hmm. as opposed to what does everybody else do. We don't worry about what other people are doing in the wealth transfer. On the estate planning side, with the lawyer, it's while well, they'll say, well, you know, you'll, you'll have an executor or a state trustee is technically the term. Um, when you pass away, they tend to wrap up your state, sell everything, divide it as you want to, you know, maybe equally amongst your kids or whatever it might be. And that's it. And they're like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Let's do that. And, and that's the extent of thinking it through a lot of times. But we know that with blended families and um, multiple marriages and uh, kids being adopted, all sorts of, you know, special needs kids, a lot of things need to be considered instead of just dividing it equally amongst the kids. So um, state planning often just focuses on the, the process where we come in with wealth transfers, making sure we're asking great questions, mm-hmm. making great decisions that are individualized that help you get a better result in the end. Right. Yeah. And and that's that, again, comes back to that idea of finishing well, right? Everybody's involved in that process. Everybody understands what it is we'd like to accomplish at that time. And, um, and, and so that there isn't the confusion or the unknowns or the unneeded complexity when you get to that point. Um, because again, that's kind of the last thing you want to be trying to figure out at that time when, um, you're likely grieving and, and going through a lot of other emotions and whatnot at that time. Um, yeah, you don't want that added drama or added just that, again, that complexity of, of not knowing what it was, whoever the client, um, wanted done with their estate or with, again, their assets, whatever it might be. And, and yeah, that's that's really comes back to that idea of finishing well for for everybody involved, right? Yeah, you make a good point. Emotions are high. Right. They're probably the one of the highest they're going to be throughout your lifetime is losing, say, a parent mm-hmm. um, or, or a, a spouse or a loved one. Um, and what I have seen and experienced over the years is when decisions haven't been made properly prior to somebody passing away, the surviving family members, that's kind of their last opportunity mm-hmm. to receive something from somebody who had passed away or have an input mm-hmm. as to what they thought they, they right, wanted. Right, yeah. right? The keyword being what they thought, but, what they right. thought. The, yeah. Right. And that's where it heads butt. Mm-hmm. And, that's a, a, and that's why we end up having a lot of litigation here in Canada around estates because this is while the no dad wanted it this way no 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 dad wanted it that way sort of thing or mom or whoever it might have been and then you get into the fights right and then it goes into litigations and you know picking on lawyers one more time but there's a lot of lawyers out there that just specialize on these battles that happen in families and um, they can make a living off of it and that could all be taken care of if if a it's stated properly what the deceased wanted mm-hmm. um, and and B it's communicated well through the family right and I know I know one of the guests we're planning we have lined up for this fall as well and why this with this topic kind of also is is appropriate is uh, and a lawyer to help us kind of understand some of those potential pitfalls and, and whatnot when when you're preparing those documents so again 
a little bit probably more on the legal uh, preparation side of documents. Um, but again, where, again, we see some of these litigation battles and, and family breakdowns and whatnot when it comes to these things and, and some of the things to avoid. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to having um, that guest on as well to kind of share some stories and what they've seen. Um, because, yeah, it is a it's becoming much more prevalent too, right? As, as generations get older and, and we're kind of going through this, this phase in Canadian demographics, especially this is going to become a more and more, I, I mean, it's always an important topic, but it's becoming more, I guess, top of mind for a lot of people as they're right. reaching their, as baby boomers are now getting into their late sixties, seventies, it's, it's really um, starting to come to the forefront again. When we're younger, we often think, you know, my home, my car, my my cottage, my business, my mine, mine, mine. Right. As we get older, uh, our mind thinking starts changing a bit because we start to realize a bit of our mortality, mm-hmm. and and the fact that you know what I just kind of used this stuff for the last whatever number of years. It's not really mine because you remember. Well, there was a book years ago called You Can't Take It With You. Right, yeah. Right? There's no, there's no uh, U-Haul behind a hearse, you know, tongue We're not Egyptian pharaohs being right. buried with all of exactly. our riches anymore. So we start to realize, okay, I'm, this isn't really mine. I'm just using it while I'm on earth. Mm-hmm. So we start to get more of a steward mentality. And so now we need to kind of, once we get into that thinking, we want to start to think, okay, well, how do I want to finish um, how do I want to transfer that? How do I be, want to be a good steward? Because the last, the, the estate documents is your last stewardship decisions you get to make. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. And you have to make them while you're alive, uh, before you pass away. And they're the, they're the last steward decisions you get to make. Okay. You can say right up to that point, it's all mine. But as soon as you're dead, it's not your, else, it's now somebody else's, Right. And so you get to make those last stewardship decisions. And when people start to think in those terms, they're not thinking so much about, well, I just got to get a will and I just got to get a power of attorney or two. Um, I need to put more effort and thinking into this. The problem is, is people get fall, they fall into a trap because they don't know what to do. Mm. And so they don't know what decision to make. So they start to look at, um, well, what we've done over the last number of years with clients, probably, I don't know, 15 years now, uh, is help them through some, some of the decisions that they have to make, which is our wealth transfer process, which we'll get into in, a, in another episode. But just to help people think through and answer some of those questions. And then you can take that documentation to a lawyer and say, okay, this is what my will and estate documents mm-hmm. need to state, need mm-hmm. to say, because it's now reflecting my stewardship role based on the final stewardship decisions I get to make before I die. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other kind of mindset I find people tend to get into when preparing these documents or, or again, even if it's on the basic side of, again, that traditional estate planning is the tax side too, right? So it's, well, I want to minimize the tax I have to pay. And so again, those decisions, a, we can make decisions long before we hopefully need to exercise some of these documents to that will impact the the tax handling at, at, to the estate. But 
people tend to get so hung up on the the taxation side of it as well that it can I don't know if clouding judgment is the right term, but like they'll make short maybe what seems like a short term or short sighted solution to, oh, well, this is going to this. I don't want to pay tax on this, so I'll do this. But there's other potential ramifications or there's other maybe strategies you could look at, which I know come into play when we're looking at those decisions as part of the wealth transfer process. Um, and and again, it just it's it's taking it that extra step right to to broaden it out from just a document and a tax strategy, but into an actual how does this fit into your into your life plan? Right. Yeah. The tax one is really important. And, and that's the problem with traditional estate planning versus the wealth transfer process that we take clients through. A lot of times your estate plan is driven by tax right, decisions. Yeah. yeah. But How it many has, kids you've got in your tax, right? <laughs> like, but it doesn't align with what you want to do. Yeah. So a, a classic example is um, a person will, will say to me, hey, I want to make um, this account joint with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's tax um, implications around that. But what they're trying to ultimately do is reduce the probate on their estate, okay? Which is one and a half, two percent, whatever, okay? Depending on what province you're in. Um, The issue with that is, which most people don't realize, you've now removed that from your estate. So it's no longer part of the estate document, such as your will, Mm -hmm. okay? You've now removed it and if you were to pass away, that money goes to your, to that, to your the daughter, joint account. to the joint account holder, right? Because it's right of survivor. And so a lot of people think initially, oh, I want to, I want to put that account or that asset joint with that person, but they don't realize that it reduce, it's now not part of the estate. Mm-hmm. They reduce the probate, but now they're relying on that person to share it with the other siblings right? or, uh, or split it right. according the to other the other beneficiaries, right? right? The other beneficiaries. Or split it according to what the will says. They have no obligation to do that. You have no control over them right. doing that. And if they don't do it, now you got to fight within the family, and now we're going to court. Yeah. Right. So it would have been worth the one and a half, two percent on that asset in the probate to have it divided equally, right. or the way you wanted it. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the challenge. So we get talk a lot of times. Taxation drives the conversation mm-hmm. when it shouldn't be. It should be a stewardship one. Mm-hmm. And and you've you've alluded this is a, a much bigger topic than a, a single or maybe even two episodes. So I know we're we're planning on doing probably the next few episodes again with a lawyer and and to kind of flesh out what this wealth transfer uh, process actually entails and looks like. And and again, I know you you alluded to it. There's a number of questions that we want to make sure we answer. So. Um, maybe just as a teaser to, uh, to keep people tuning in. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, just high level or as a more of a maybe an introduction, um, maybe you could just share kind of what those, dis- what those decisions or what those questions are that people need to be asking is, again, part of this bigger conversation around around wealth transfer. And again, we're not going to get into the, the detail of them today, but just kind of what are those questions? And again, how does that relate to, again, your traditional um, estate planning? Yeah. What we've, what we've put together over the last 
many years is the idea of what we call the six decisions of transfer. So it's a wealth transfer process. And then in each one of those decisions, you will find there are some principles that we want to consider. So Mm -hmm. we won't go into the principles today, but I'll just kind of highlight some of the decisions or the six decisions. The first one is the transfer decision. So do we, we want to, we want to transfer assets to the next generation. I'm going to say this kind of roughly, but that benefit us, them, and maybe even the charity, whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is the assets better in my hands now? Or is it better to give them while I'm still alive? Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's a principle around giving money while you're alive because, well, you get to see, you yeah. get the joy yeah. of seeing that, whether yeah. it's to a charity or to a family member. And we're seeing a lot of that actually in Canada right now where um, uh, baby boomers are transferring money to the next generation so they can buy a home. Right. Right. Because yeah. home yeah. buying and home ownership is very difficult uh, right here in Canada as we speak. So, that's that that's that kind of that transfer decision there we want to talk about some of the principles around that um then then there's the treatment decision and that is well how do i want to treat each of my beneficiaries which right? is usually a very delicate it, conversation one of the people toughest do not want to have right? yeah and so I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit and but we'll dig deeper into it later but the idea is that you know i love my children equally as such, I should treat them uniquely. Most people think that, oh, I love my children equally, true, but therefore I need to treat them equally mm-hmm. to demonstrate that I love them right, equally. Right. And that's not true. And so we're going to unpack that um, and, and help people out with that. But people really struggle with that, um, uh, that decision. Then there's the timing decision um, that we want to consider. We want to consider some of the issues around um, helping our kids um, while we're still alive and some of the issues around that. Uh, then we might take a look at uh, the transfer decision that's around businesses or farms mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that the next generation is a good owner versus just a good worker. Right. Um, so we'll unpack that one a little bit. Then you get into number five, which is your tools and techniques. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start to talk to lawyers, accountants, making sure we got what we've talked about so far and having them in the right place. Um, so Essentially, they become order takers, they right? Become order we takers. have the, the, the wishes or the plan documented at that point, and all the lawyer has to do is draw it up at that point, right? Exactly. And lawyers that we've worked with over the years love it because we come to them with this plan in place. This is what we want to accomplish. They're like, great, this is, now I don't have to unpack this. Right, right. Ask my pat answers or questions, and we can get this thing done for you. So, um, and, and much more effective. And then the last decision, which is a, uh, a tough one and is often looked over, and that is the talk decision. Because mm. uh, communication within the family is hugely important and, and overlooked. And part of it's generational. Some of the older generations are more personal and uh-huh. don't, don't talk, like to share. They don't like to share. <laughs> they don't like to talk about those types of things. Um, and so that's where we kind of come in and try to encourage people to communicate. Maybe it's a family meeting. Um, those types of things. So those are your those are your six decisions that we're going to unpack and take a look at over in the next couple episodes. Yeah, and, and I think, um, yeah, once we kind of really get into, I know there's a couple of those that, again, we've got some stories about and, and how it has impacted, again, decisions being made and whatnot. But um, yeah, as, as people go through that process, nobody's Nobody's disappointed at the end of it that, oh, this was a waste of time or, oh, I wish we hadn't done this, right? Um, Most of the time it's, oh, yeah, I've never thought about that or, oh, yeah, 
we need to talk we need to tell our beneficiaries or have this conversation that that talk decision right um and explain maybe what what our line of thinking is and why we're we're setting things up like we are and and so that everybody's on the same page and um and yeah again you're, you're looking to avoid those pitfalls or potential co- conflicts in the future um because again like we started the episode off right it's it's all about finishing well and and everybody being i was going to say in harmony but as, as much as possible i guess still yeah. you can't guarantee harmony no but uh, you can try to max its opportunity exactly yeah, for sure yeah it's it's all about like we said earlier get the best life you can because life is not a rehearsal um, balancing today with the future enjoying today balancing it with the future but make sure that we finish well mm-hmm. it's our last stewardship opportunity we are stewards of what we have we don't get to take it with us um, we get to use it while we're we have it here it is in our control for sure mm-hmm. but eventually we don't get control of it anymore so ultimately we are only stewards somebody else is going to get use of it and we want to make sure that we finish well and have good stewardship decisions as we as we end Thanks for tuning in to Your Life and Money. We hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at advice-first.ca. Remember, financial planning is about more than just money. It's about living the life you want. So take some time to reflect on your goals and priorities and let us help you create a plan that aligns with your vision for the future. We'll be back with more stories, insights, and strategies to help you get the most out of your money and your life. Until then, take care and keep planning for the life you deserve. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.